0: All right. Welcome back to the show. It's Christine Jewell. I am so excited to be here with you guys. You know, I've been meditating a lot over the last couple of days as I've gotten back from our retreat. I've been meditating a lot on just how awesome of an experience we had. I'm looking at these pictures. I'm remembering like the conversations that were going on and I just really am blown away by the amount of healing that happened over the last weekend the amount of connection. And today I want to talk about the power, the power of human connection, really the power of human connection to bring about healing, to really shift our mental health, our emotional health, the power of human connection to expand our way of thinking, the power of human connection to break down our our walls. So if you are someone who feels like, you know what, I have been armored up. I've got all kinds of walls up. I know it. I don't know how to break them down. Maybe you have felt disconnected, isolated, like you don't have community. You don't know who you can trust. You don't know, you know, where to go. It's been a long time since you hugged somebody. You know, if you are someone that is just like, I just know I've got these emotional barriers up. I I I have trouble maybe connecting to people. I I have a lot of healing to do. Maybe you're aware of it. Maybe you don't. This episode is for you. You guys listen up. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or more gather in my name, I am there with you. And I'm going to talk about neuroscience today. I'm going to talk about mental health. I'm going to talk about emotional health. But I also want to talk about what happens at the spiritual level when we gather together. God is always present. He's always here with us. But when we gather together in a group and we really turn our hearts toward one another and we are there and we're open and we're willing and we're open to share, we're willing to share our stories and share our struggles and to be vulnerable. I really believe that there is, I I don't believe I saw it. There is a supernatural power of healing that begins to move through the atmosphere. It's undeniable. And uh, this is why I absolutely love bringing people together in real life, in real life, to touch, to hug one another, to share, you know, we do wisdom circles, we do teaching, we're stretching people. There is so much happening that it is absolutely priceless. So today I'm going to start off by, you know, just, just sharing a little bit. What is happening? What is the neuroscience about gathering? Why is it so essential that we gather together, that we have great community around us you know, you hear this term all the time. We are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with, the rooms that we're in, the conversations that we're having, the the conversations that we entertain, right, through the portals of our eyes, our ears, through TV, through the dinner tables, the, the restaurants, the friendships that we have, like that is, that's the thing. Okay. We are the sum of the people that we hang out with the most because we are saturated in, in those belief systems. We are always exchanging information. We are rewriting programs. It's safe to talk. It's not safe to talk. It's safe to be myself. It's not safe to be myself or judge, not judge all of that. So really we get to choose wisely. I really am inviting us to be more intentional about the circles that we travel in that we surround ourselves with. Number one is the people that we hang out with. Number two is what we're exposing ourselves to, podcasts like this, books, magazines, uh, music. I talked about this last time, but what we give our heart to, what we give our ears to, we give our heart to, okay? So I just wanna say that what you give your ears to, you give your heart to, so pay attention. But today I wanna just dive in about the power, the power, of getting in connection. And for me, human to human connection in person, zoom is great. I'm on zoom right now with the, with the video recording, you know, or Riverside or whatever it is. Video is great. We can do a lot. I do a lot of private coaching calls on video. I love to see people. We we do, we're able to do a lot on video and that is beautiful, but you guys know we got hit with that pandemic in 2020. We got hit with all of a sudden not going to our workplaces, the kids not being in school. I don't know about you guys, but I saw the effects on my son, my teenage son, my daughters of being pulled out of being in connection with their friends, laughing, walking to and from school, having lunch breaks together, learning in a group to being isolated in their room behind a screen. It just destroyed so many people mentally and emotionally. The the desire to learn was plucked out from so many people, right? Not everybody is designed to sit in front of a screen for hours on end. We're just not designed that way. We're designed to be tribal. We're designed to be touching. We're designed to be in connection with one. one another. And what I love, you guys know, I geek out when, when I study neuroscience, I geek out on neuroscience. I geek out on human behavior. I geek out on the Bible, the word of God. I, I geek out on the spiritual because to me, it's so cool to watch these intersections. I geek out on the body, understanding how the body works, the miracle of our physical body, our biology, our chemistry. It is also uniquely, perfectly, miraculously designed. And when you study neuroscience and you study human behavior and you study energy in the body, physical body health, you know, I have a history in health and performance and athletics. And then you study what God says about it all and how he created it all to work and what he commands us to do with it. It is wild because everything supports the other. The evidence is all stacking and these pieces come together to form this incredible, beautiful picture of how things are designed to work and how we fight our natural God-given design. And we're working against this beautiful creation, these beautiful commands that he gave us to gather together, to be together, because it amplifies the power of healing. It amplifies the power of what's possible, of what we can create, what we can accomplish together. So let's just jump into the neuroscience piece for a minute. Okay. Let's just jump into the neuroscience. Neuroscience highlights, there's so many great books out there and there's, I could go, this obviously could be an entire podcast just on this one topic. And I'm sure I'll do many, many uh, versions of this, but neuroscience highlights, you know, the profound effects of healthy social connection, right? On our neural processes. (laughs) It, It really is powerful on our neural processes, on our pathways you know, and I want to talk about some things. Number one, there's a concept called, or, you know, it's not a concept, mirror neurons and empathy. Mirror neurons are a type of brain cell, right, that fires when both an individual performs an action and when they see someone else perform something. So this, this neural mechanism is often believed to be the basis for empathy. So I see you doing something, I can relate to you. This is why also you notice when we get together, we sometimes mirror each other, right? Somebody might have their arms crossed, someone else crosses their arms, you open your arms, the other person feels more open, one person relaxes, one person softens their eyes or their heart or their mouth or whatever, they lean in, you lean in. And we do this all the time. We are always doing this unconsciously. We're mirroring each other, right? These mirror neurons. If you've done sales training and you come from the sales world and you've done some sales training that incorporates neuroscience or human behavior, they actually teach this as a technique, as a strategy to, to really connect with the person on the other side, which is, okay, you know, like you start mirroring their their body language and stuff like that. Obviously, that's a tactic. That's a strategy that's taught. But naturally, we are designed for it. We are designed to be empathetic, right? It creates this empathy between one another. And so when we connect to each other on an emotional level, all of a sudden, this mirroring that happens, right, in these brain cells, this uh, mirror neurons that are kicking it creates this feeling of empathy, like, oh, I, I I get you. I connect with you, right? And it's awesome. The brain does this thing. It floods us with emotion and chemicals. And, and so on an emotional level, they contribute to our ability to understand each other, to share feelings with one another. And really it fosters, it. it helps to support that feeling of connection and compassion for one another. So, you know, Sometimes you may even notice you're doing it when you're watching someone across the room, right? You're, you, I notice this in myself, or I start to like maybe sometimes move like them. It's unconscious, right? And and it's like the more empathetic you are, it's a loop, right? Like the more empathetic we are, the more we mirror people, the more closed off we we're more reserved, right? So it's it's just interesting when we observe this mirroring, this mirror neurons and empathy and how that works, how we're designed. Well, just imagine we're in a room together and, and it's safe. It's a safe environment, right? People know that it's safe. There's an intention created for it. It's like you can relax and we begin to mirror We as we learn from one another, as we feel safer with one another and the connection and the compassion begins to grow. Number two, when we look at the neuroscience in our, the, the chemical side of things, you know, oxytocin. You guys have heard about oxytocin, right? Oxytocin is the love hormone, right? The love hormone. And so often the love hormone or the bonding hormone, right, is released in the brain in response to social interaction, especially when we're hugging one another, when we're touching, you know, uh, it could be just having a hand on somebody's back or whatever. But there's so much, like when we have when we get together and there's a bonding when we're in these social interactions maybe we're tight maybe we're giving somebody a hug you know i give a lot of hugs we give a lot of hugs at my events i'm not going to lie we we pray over one another we lay hands on one another you know just even having somebody be physically fully available and fully present for you looking into your eyes listening to what you have to say like saying i hear you i see you begins to dump this oxytocin it is such a powerful hormone in building trust, in bonding and creating bonds. This is why when we have these events, like we're talking about, we build relationships for life. You know, when you have experiences and interactions with people in an environment and a setting that is safe, where there is that empathy and there's that connection and you have somebody that's listening and available for you. And, and you're able to do that for someone else these are things that we don't experience in day-to-day life often because everybody's so distracted, right? We're not present. Someone's listening to us while they're also typing and they're also on their phone and they're doing something else. And our, our heart is just craving our soul or like internally we're just craving this bonding. Right? So I want you to just be thinking about this. As you think about breaking down my walls, you know, I had a lot of walls. Okay. That's why the book that's coming out is called drop the armor. You know, it's like I was in a fortress for so many years, locked in a tower because I had so many walls up, walls of protection, walls, you know, just to keep the pain out, walls of not wanting to relive the past. And, and at the same time, you know, I was very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just I was intentional, but I was even more than that. I wasn't intentional. I was like, I would only, only, only allow a few people in. And of those few people were my kids, my three children, you know, because probably I was older than them, I control them. And you have that unconditional love for your kids. But one of the things I did used to say in the house was the power of hugging the power of hugs. So I, I've taught my son, I taught my daughters too early on that, you know, we do eight to 20 second hugs around here because science shows us when we hug for 20 seconds, there's a huge dump of oxytocin uh, that happens. So we eight hugs a day, 20 second hugs. That sounds like a lot, hugging eight times a day for 20 seconds, but it's wow, the powerful um, uh, the power of that to create bonding, so you guys, if you're married and you're not touching each other and there's strife and there's griping and there's complaining, forget about trying to analyze each other, forget about trying to talk through it. can we just can I give you the assignment of making a point to give each other eight hugs a day for twenty seconds? okay, you can get a couple of them in the morning, you can get a couple of them at night before dinner, and then maybe if you see each other during the day, you don't have to say anything, you don't have to do anything. And I want to challenge you to really be intentional about giving your spouse, your children, you can get your eight hugs however you want, but especially for couples who are having this division, it's such a powerful thing. Children flourish when they hug. Our inner child, by the way, if you're an adult, you're 30, 40, 50, your inner child is still craving that touch, right? Some of us had a lot of affection growing up. Some of us had nothing. In the last um, podcast episode, I talked about what is the legacy we're leaving behind? What was the model? Did we model holding each other, hugging each other, touching each other? I mean, your skin is so sensitive. We have all of these nerve endings on, on our skin. We are designed for touch. We're designed for intimacy. We're hardwired for it. And what intimacy means, I'm just like connecting to someone we're hardwired for. it. Our biology is created for. Our skin is designed for touch. Our hormones are designed to be in connection with one another. Yet there's such an agenda out there to disconnect people, to keep us attached to technologies, to keep us plugged into the external and unplugged from one another. It is crazy. So oxytocin is such a powerful hormone for social bonding. When we also look, I want to just stress two more. There's so many, there's so many here that I could again go on and on but number 1 mirror neurons and empathy number 2 the power of connection to break down walls oxytocin oxytocin and social bonding number 3 neuroplasticity we get these new experience right Think about if you always, so much of what we do is on autopilot, right? we just like, repeat, repeat, repeat. 95% of what I do, what I think is just in my automatic nervous system. So I just sort of, it's mindless. It's just, it's a program that's running. When you drive to work the same way, you eat the same foods. We have the same conversations at date night. Like we get in the ruts, literally there's like these ruts, right? Our neural pathways, they're just these super highways. We're used to going down the same lane. This is why I talk about so much moving out of those comfort zones, moving into this space of new novelty, driving to work a different way, changing up the restaurant, eating a different type of food, listening to different types of music, getting out of the familiar environment. Last week we were in Big Sky, Montana. Why? It was a visioneering retreat. Big sky. I wanted openness. I wanted spaciousness. Most people are like, ooh, feeling congested and contracted and they're feeling in the pressure cooker a lot of the time. So I'm like, where can I move them to get them with a more expansive view? Literally 360 degrees. Every direction you looked was mountains and blue sky and tops of, you know, snow covered tops and just it stretches. Right. There's neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to reorganize itself, right? By forming new neural pathways and new connections. So when we get in social connection, right? When we are meeting and having conversations with people, it really has such a profound impact on these, our neuroplasticity. So I want you to think new grooves are being made. New superhighways are getting, you know, um, put in place, new ways of thinking were being stretched. And that is one of the things that when we look at, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, I want to just shift out of the neuroscience things. But when we look and we go, wow, when I get exposed to new ideas, I get exposed to new mental programs, I get exposed to new environments. There are things I didn't even know were available or real. My, I just wasn't even in that realm of consciousness. I wasn't thinking that way. My thoughts were not moving. You know, my, my, um, uh, what do we call it? The new, those neural connections were not firing and wiring in that direction because when we're in our every day around the same people that we're always around having the same conversation, it's like, we're firing and wiring the same thing over and over again we move into a new space. There's new firing and new wiring, new firing, new wiring, new superhighways, new grooves. And we get exposure to a new normal. I want to say this last thing too. And then, you know, we're going to carry on. When we look at the reduction of stress hormones like cortisol, Right, cortisol. Y'all know cortisol is the stress hormone. (laughs) There's been so much talk about cortisol, cortisol dumping all the time. Most of our stress. I mean, there's chemical stress, there's environmental stress, there's social stress, there's spiritual stress. You know, a lot of our stress. A lot of our stress is external, but it is wild how much of our stress is internally created through the illusions, the stories that we have, the fixation on the external, the time travel and staying in the future. When we get in social, the right healthy social environments, connection has such a profound effect on the reduction of stress hormone, such as cortisol, right? So it can act as a buffer against this negative effect of stress on the body. And so as we start to experience more positive interactions, right, we have more connection. We begin to relax. Cortisol begins to drop. This is why when you look at, if you guys haven't ever read the blue zones, I love that book. There was a series on Netflix. I think it was on Netflix or Amazon prime, you know, where he talks to live live to be a hundred and the commonalities of the people with the highest level of longevity that were studies, the groups, the tribes, the locations, was the power of connection. Families were together. Multiple generations were together. Tight communities where they laughed together. They danced together. They had friendships. They had family. It is undoubtedly one of the most powerful medicines that we have available to us is the power of healthy connection. Now, unhealthy connection, toxic relationships, toxic environments, you know, provide the opposite. So we often hear like, oh, people that are married, you know, people that are married will live longer lives. That's not necessarily true. A happy marriage, a happy marriage, people who feel loved, who feel wanted, who feel accepted, who have safety and communication, who can authentically be there. Happily married couples do have a much higher longevity factor. I don't have the stats in front of me, but we see this all the time where there's healthy community, elders live longer, right? Where there's unhealthy relationships, where there's been abandonment, where there's shaming, where people can't be themselves, we see the longevity really drop. So it's just like amazing to see how we're created really to be with one another. So I want to shift. So why group over solo? We've already talked about some of the, you know, benefits from the neuroscience and how, what neuroscience highlights for us, but really think about what happens, like the mental and emotional health benefits, you know, the social support, how often are we traveling through life and we feel so isolated. We feel so alone. I am the only one going through this thing right here, right now. I know that one of the, the main reasons I wanted to get these guys in the room and women, there was about 50, 50, and I love it is because whenever I do coaching with clients one-on-one, y'all, I love, I love the deep work. I love to go deep and wide and break through things. Yet often the person that's on the other side really sometimes feels like I am the only one going through this. You know, we, we don't have a lot of people to share with, especially at the top running organizations, running businesses, being the provider, being the one that the burden of responsibility is really on their shoulders to provide for everybody's, you know, well-being, like I'm responsible for all these families, not just my own, but the well-being of all these families, like there's a huge weight of responsibility. And what I see often is that these men are coming in, these women are coming in and they just feel so alone, so isolated, so heavy, alone on an island, wearing this cross, this, this weight of responsibility. First of all, you know, we were never designed to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. That is why, that is why Jesus came, that he would, we could lay down that burden at his feet. We have a God that is capable of so much more than we are. If I get out of the way and I stop trying to be God and play God to everyone in my life, I stop trying to be this savior for everyone. And I recognize, you know what? There is one who is almighty, all powerful, all knowing that can meet people and do things in people that I can't possibly begin to do. That really releases me. It really lightens my load and I can be a vessel and I could show up and I can hold space for people without having to be the one that carries all of the weight. This is such a powerful thing. And the only way I've been able to release this and find this level of lightness has been to recognize, you know, the, to come back into intimacy and relationship with, with God, my creator, my father, the one who has access and created all things, the one who knows the future and the past. I don't know the future, right? I have my ideas of what happened in the past, but we carry so much weight. So when we feel alone and we feel isolated, number one, we do that when we disconnect ourselves. How many of you just pull back, right? I know I do. This is like one of my default things. When I start getting overwhelmed, when things start stacking, when the weight of responsibility feels really heavy, I go into this like whoop, lone wolf mode. It's a default. Like I start kind of hiding without realizing it. I just stop eating. I go into tunnel vision. I stop talking. I stop sharing. I stop wanting to post. Like it's just. And I have such a blessing to have you know people around me that pull me out of it. Um, Or I'm able to pull myself out of it once I recognize I'm there. Sometimes it takes a minute, right? But social support really allows us the ability to recognize I'm not alone. I'm not the only one going through this. And you guys, I want to say that as we heard each other's stories and people were willing to be the first one to crack it open, right? I'll be the first one to share my stuff. It's amazing. It gives permission to everyone else to also share their stories. And there is such power in sharing our testimony. There's such power in sharing our stories, painful stories, our wins, our celebrations, all of it. Because number one, we realize we're not alone and we also see what's available for us on the other side, right? So the stories of other people that have walked through the fire that have gone through the challenges, not only, they're just such a great source of inspiration for us. They're a great source of support And for me, it's a great source of a promise over my life that has yet to manifest. When I hear something great that someone else has accomplished or gone through, you know, the old version of me would have been really uh, jealous. Why, Why them? Why not me? What's wrong with me? Again, me, 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 the ego, right? Feeling sorry for myself. But now I'm like, you know what? If it's possible for them, it's possible for me. I receive that blessing. I claim that same blessing over my life. I say yes. Instead of being ruled by a spirit of jealousy, a spirit of envy, a spirit of fear, I could say, yes, God, prepare me to receive a similar blessing as that, as long as my heart is postured in the right way. So healing happens so much more in group settings. Why? The support is huge. And and I really like tapping in on this one because a lot of us don't feel supported at home, maybe in your marriage, maybe with your immediate family members. I mean, some of our greatest critics are those people closest to us, right? They are in love with a version of you that they don't want to see change, right? That's what they know. That's what's familiar. That's how you've bonded. And as you grow and you evolve, it is terrifying sometimes for people around us. And so all of a sudden it can come in the form of judgment or poo-pooing on your dreams or second-guessing you or, you know, trying to hold you back. It feels like you're trying to, they're all trying to hold you back. That's their own fear. That's their own insecurity. It has nothing to do with you. But it is hard to be in that place where you are desperately wanting the support, and maybe it's not available. You've got to get in rooms. You've got to get in containers, coaching containers, masterminds, live events, where you can really be surrounded with individuals who are committed to personal evolution, personal growth, to showing up authentic and really being builders of each other. Look, First Thessalonians says, encourage one another, build each other up, That's what we're here for. We're here to be builders of people, builders of each other's characters, not tearing down of each other's character. So, with that, you know, we talked about the social support. What happens with that? It is also normalizes hello. It normalizes our experience. It normalizes we're not some freak. We're not some weirdo. We're not crazy. How many times have we gone through something? And we're like, I must be crazy. There must be something wrong with me. You know, it's so important for us to realize that I'm not the only one going through this. So that social support also normalizes these situations for us. (laughs) Sorry, I got a tickle in my throat. We already talked about empathy, but empathy is the ability to feel what someone else feels. We are connecting on a heart to heart level. When there is empathy, it's like, I'm able to feel what you feel. I'm able to see what you feel. Empathy is, is I'm able to feel compassion is I'm able to see and and see where you're at. And I'm, I'm inspired to mobilize something right to step in. And I just saw such, such a beautiful evidence of this at our event. You know, there was people connecting with one, each other, one another in the pain. (coughs) People were sharing stories you know, that, that we don't want other people to know on the outside, they're embarrassing sometimes. And I just saw some miracles. We saw miracles happen inside of that container this weekend. Miracles that people had been waiting for years for. Okay took place because what happened is as empathy set in and we began to hold space for one another, we began to feel for one another, compassion kicked in and said, you know what, let's pray together. Let's, let's, let's break these ties. Let's declare the promise. And we started to become mobilized and, you know, it started as two people praying together and then it was three. And then at one point we had the whole room that gathered around this couple who I just love dearly and I've been supporting them the last couple of years. And the whole room was, you know, holding space for this couple, pouring life into them, praying over them, blessing them. And it just, I think it was such a, it was such a move of the heart. It was such a move of the spirit where two or three are gathered. The power is there. God's presence is there. Like things were being moved in the atmosphere. That couple got closer together. They got stronger. They came together and really just, Said yes to some things in their life, they were willing to release some things in their life and boom when when there was unity of the collective and unity as a couple, and there was a willingness to put down the old and really walk the courageous path forward, boom, a miracle showed up at the lot. it was like. It was so beautiful and it was such a celebration for everyone because I do believe that it came because of the collective power of everyone sharing their wisdom, being able to share their dirt, right? Share their testimony of the past. like, Man, I made those mistakes of everyone being vulnerable, being willing to open up, being able to bear their heart with one another, being able to reach out and put their hand on someone and touch somebody and get past their own ego and say, you know what? Let's come together. Let's come together for you. Man, it was so beautiful. So, you know, there is such like such a release. It's cathartic. These experiences, there's catharsis in emotional expression as we, as the group provides a safe setting in a safe space for individuals, emotions start getting released, start getting expressed. There was a lot of tears. I'm not gonna lie. There's always a lot of tears at my events. We move our body. We do morning activations. We do activations throughout the day. We stir up things inside of our hearts. We are cracking open and release and unlocking dormant parts. So there's a lot of release that happens in a lot of emotional releasing. You guys know, I talk often, the body keeps the score. Your body's always holding on and we repress and we suppress and we stack these emotions. And so isn't it cool that when we can start processing, we can start moving, we can start cracking open some of these walls, things start getting expressed, right? Not repressed, but expressed. Again, sometimes it's through sharing our stories and those, you know, pairing and sharing exercise, we often will pair up, we'll give an exercise, I'll teach something, I'll teach a concept, a framework, then I'll give some journaling prompts, we do a guided visualization and then, you know, people pair up twos or threes and they're sharing. In those moments of sharing with someone else, in the moment of actually expressing, getting it out of your mouth, whether it's a childhood dream, whether it's the biggest challenge you're facing right now, whether it's the, the mountain that feels like so big that you can't overcome it. Maybe it's a win and a dream or something that a gift, we talked about our gifting. You know, we don't really go out in the open and be like, yeah, these are my gifts. You know, we'd, we've been so taught to not share our light, not share our voice. And so as we begin to cry, as we begin to share and gather, things begin to dissolve. Walls begin to be broken down. Things begin to pour. Light starts to pour in and, you know, things come out and we start making room. A big thing I talk about at these events that we work on is release to receive. Can I release to receive? Can I release some of the bitterness? Can I release some of the anger? Can I release some of my desires? Can I ask for what I truly you know, in my soul and my spirit, I'm feeling like a yes to, but I've been terrified to even vocalize it because people have not supported me or I've been taught that it's bad to ask for things, right? You shouldn't want anything. Um, so it's just interesting to observe what happens, the healing, the transformation, the word transformation means to change form. My daughter was with me, Christiane, she's 20. Uh, she just turned 20. And she kept saying, wow, mom, from the minute everybody walked in to the minute they left, it's crazy. She was our photographer. The, the, their face looked different. The lines in their face, the way that they carried themselves, posture shifts, your, your facial expressions change because your face is mostly muscles, right? So if you're tensing up and clenching your jaw and furring your brow, you're going to look older and heavier than when you are lighter. And you've been laughing and you've been dancing and you've been connecting and you've been reflecting. It's so much lighter. So you can look years younger instantly, right? We just released years of emotional and physical weight. We released years of repressed emotion. We release heaviness and burdens that are not ours to carry. And we make way for connection. We make way for lifelong relationship. We make way for creative solutions. We make way for healing to happen. And, and the path to be laid before us, where before we're terrified to take a step forward because we got so many walls up. So, you know, we talked about the social support. We talk about the normalization of experiences. We talked about leading from the heart and love and the spirit. We talked about modeling, right? When we get together, there's this beautiful opportunity to see how other people connect, you know, there's couples that we're all modeling different ways. We're learning. We're getting exposed to new models of communication, new models of thinking, new models of whatever it is of solution solving. We talked a lot about wealth and finance last week, and there was all kinds of new financial models getting dropped. And again, I, w- I want to say that it's so important that you get around the right community, the right people, the right rooms, because in every room there's models, there's models of how to do life. There's models of how to, you know, have a relationship with your body and do health. There's models of relationships, how to treat one another. There's models of how to handle money. And even for my husband and I, Mark and I were talking, like our thinking was stretched so much and what was possible financially, we started to think about things and look at things that we never thought of because we have very similar models. Um, when we're together, right? And and they're great. Like we love each other. We talk about this often, but we needed to get around also of their models of thinking when it comes to structuring things like wealth or finance, right? The relationship, there's couples there that were doing some beautiful modeling for other couples, right? So just think about this. I want you to really be receiving this. There's, there's inspiration, inspiration in SpeedA connection with the spirit, When two or more gather, it's just inspiring to see what happens in rooms where people are committed to coming together, to building each other up, encourage one another, build each other up. You know, only what is helpful for building others do that, right? The word talks about this so much, how important it is to stop attacking one, one another, to really not harbor unforgiveness, to drop what we're doing and ask for the forgiveness, to turn our hearts and ears towards one another. I mean, there's just so much gold in there. So those are just some benefits. We talked a little bit about the neuroscience. We talked, you know, the benefits of why it's so important to get in group. We can go far alone. We can do a lot alone. But, you know, even if you're reading all the books and you're listening to all the podcasts, there is just something that a human connection life force multiplied. That's what we are. We are life force, right? We are life force. We are creative energy. We are creative beings. We are creation. When we get together, there is an exponential power that happens, that comes into the room that multiplies our ideas, that multiplies our character, that multiplies. So this is good news and it's also bad news. You get in the right rooms, in the right dynamics, in the right conversations, the right things multiply. You surround yourself in toxic rooms, having toxic conversations, toxic things multiply. The first mandate to multiply and prosper means multiply, build each other up. You know, you can do so much more, more than we could ever imagine together and could also destroy more than we could ever imagine when we get together and focus on the wrong things. And I think right now we're at this crossroads of humanity. I mean, humanity has been there since day one, that we have this amazing power when we come together and we get unified around an idea, a concept, and an agenda, a commitment, we have the power to really create ripple effect, tidal waves of healing on this planet, tidal waves of love, of reconciliation, of restoration, or tidal waves of destruction. And we are always choosing every day with what we allow, how we choose to operate, and who we choose to surround ourselves with. We must become aware of this power that is alive and active, right? When, when God saw the people building the tower of Babel, like he knew these people are trying to make this tower to go up to the heavens. They're getting together. They have unified language. They're starting to worship the wrong things. They're going down the wrong path. The tower had to be destroyed. Those people were destroyed. They were on the path to destruction themselves. Look out into the world. There's some crazy wild agendas running right now. And you know, what's running those agendas, massive wounding, a disconnection from the heart, a disconnection from the spirit, a lack of respect for life, a lack of honoring for God, for our creator. We have a whole bunch of just agendas and programs and humans, and we're, we're human. Okay. We all have the power. We have the, have the ability to do really horrible things, but there is some really wicked agendas out there right now that are just attacking life, that are attacking creation, that are just wounds running the show. We have got to do our internal healing. We have got to because wounded people create more wounds, and people hurt people create more hurt. People who are avenging and revengeful because they're wanting, you know to get back at the people that hurt them or the country that hurt them. We just perpetuate these cycles. It's time to break the chains. It's time to break the generational patterns. It's time to break the passing of the baton and the legacies of pain and wounding and to really do the internal work. And I believe that it starts with you doing your work within yourself, me first between me and God. That's the first relationship. And then we have got to get in right relationships, in right communities starting with God, then our marriage, our family, and then, you know, around us. So today I want to ask you, do you have a healthy community? Do you have people in your life where you can mirror healthy things, where you can hug and hold space for one another and put your hands over one another and pray together? Do you have a place where you have access to new ways of thinking, new experiences, new modeling? Do you have people who offer support? right? We obviously have to be this if we desire it. Are you connected to inspiration? Are you connected to life? Or are you just going through the motions, staying where you think you need to be because you feel bad for everyone around you? I invite you to break free from that. Okay. Here's your invitation. In January, 2024, in 2024, I'm really going to be doubling down on this round table. It has been burning in my heart for years now. I've been coaching clients a lot one-on-one. We have a beautiful community of women as well, but I'm really going to double down on building this round table, a round table of men and women leaders who are really committed to doing things a kingdom way to be vessels and conduits of life and love on this planet that are committed to doing things different. And when two or more, two or three or four or more gathered, we have multiplication power. So I want to invite you, if you're not in a community and you want to get connected, click on the link below, apply to work with me. Let's have a conversation and see if the round table is the right place for you. I want to thank you for being here. I want to honor you for showing up every week. And if you haven't already done so, I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me at the Christine Jewel on Instagram. You can leave a review. These things matter more than you can imagine. Thank you. Keep fighting the good fight, my friends. Keep fighting the good fight, preserve your peace, preserve life force, and let's be conduits of love in such a time as this. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.